Hey, you're listening to That Witchy Stuff, and I'm your host, Celeste. Hey, witches. Today, I want to talk to you about the gateway experience. Now, if you don't know what the gateway experience is, it is a a method for experiencing altered consciousness. Um, A lot of people who do know about it will talk a lot about out-of-body experiences, but that's only a really little part of it. There's a lot more. One of the parts of it, um, well, there's the whole gateway experience itself. Okay, but then another aspect of it is the CIA document that kind of goes along with it. And this document explains a lot of stuff that are, I thought were like basically unexplainable. Like there's a lot of theoretical physics and there's a lot of quantum mechanics. So it's hard to understand it all, but I'm going to try to um, give that information to you in a way that you can understand. Hopefully there will probably be a lot of mistakes. Um, But I think the important part is just that we understand the gist of it. We don't need to be quantum physicists. We can just be witches. And the reason that that to me is significant is that a lot of the stuff that it explains is literally what witchcraft is to me. Um, And I appreciate being able to understand it from a scientific perspective because that's where, you know, I've struggled the entire time I've been a witch. I've struggled between being scientific minded and having to put faith that in this thing that magic is real. So to me, it sort of it revitalizes my connection to magic and explains it in a scientific way, even though they're really not, they're careful that they don't call it, you know, magic or anything like that. They're careful that they're only explaining it from a scientific point. So anyway, I'm going to take a short break. And uh, when I get back, we will go into detail. Now back to the show. Okay, so a little bit of background information first. Um, One, you should know that uh, the CIA will periodically declassify documents once they've decided it's no longer, you know, um, a potential national security risk. They'll declassify a document and those documents are available to the public. If you Google CIA gateway experience, you'll find a link to the CIA.gov reading room and I want to really, you know, make it clear that this is not just an urban legend. This isn't, you know, um, just some, you know, fake document that somebody put together and that's been passed around the internet for all this time. This is actual documentation from the CIA. Um, Oh, also for background, um, the document was written in 1983 It was declassified 20 years later, 2003. And then, you know, they don't necessarily make announcements like, hey, guys, these are the documents we declassified. Um, But someone on TikTok in late 2020 or early 2021 posted a video about the document. 
and it went viral and that's how I first heard about it. <clears throat> if you uh, have heard about it, that's probably um, either where you heard it or the person you heard it from, that's where they heard it. Probably. I don't know. So the TikTok video was really mostly talking about the document. Um, I don't think they necessarily talked about the process itself, but so anyway, that's where we are. I heard about it then, um, have attempted to read through the document a few times over the years, and it's really complicated stuff. Um, like I said, theoretical physics and quantum mechanics and a lot of stuff that's way over my head, but I did find um, actually a podcast here on Spotify that I think it was like CIA declassified or something like that, but it's just four episodes and this guy just reads the document out loud. Um, and after listening to those episodes several times, I, I think I understand a lot of it. Maybe not all, but a good bit of it. Um, so I wanted to share that with you. Um, now, so Robert Monroe, I feel like I'm just like jumping to a whole different topic, but Robert Monroe is the person who came up with this process. He was not some kind of scientist or something. He was um, a broadcasting executive in New York City. And the fact that he was a broadcasting executive in New York City and then later went on to develop this entire process and, um, you know, form the Monroe Institute to study and advance the process to me, that's sort of proof positive that this process does work. Part of what you learn to do in these exercises is um, access this altered state of consciousness um, in a very specific way and then project thought holograms to the universal consciousness and um, basically that's magic. We'll get into that part, but since this just broadcasting executive was able to do all this stuff, to me, it's like proof positive that it works. So, um, yeah. Anyway, Robert Monroe began to experience spontaneous out-of-body experiences, um, I think in the mid to late 1960s. Uh, eventually, he published a book about it in 1971 called Journeys Out of the Body, he kind of coined the phrase out-of-body experience. But naturally, uh, when this was first happening to him spontaneously, he had no idea what was going on. It was probably scary. And he began to analyze it, you know, tr just try to understand from a logical point of view what was happening. Like, I guess it, at some point he probably thought, am I going crazy? And then eventually came to a point where he was like, no, this is actually really happening. So he began to understand that it was caused by these um, less than audible sound frequencies, um, probably probably happening spontaneously because he was around all that broadcasting equipment and stuff. Um, they do say that it can happen spontaneously for people, especially people who have a more sensitive nervous system, um, just from something like sitting beside an air conditioning duct that is vibrating at the right frequency or riding in a car where the combination of the suspension and your car's seat are are causing this frequency so uh that's pretty interesting but anyway uh 
once he began to understand what was happening and why it was happening, he developed some, um, I guess, machinery to produce the frequencies. And he even received patents um, for his methods, which to me is pretty cool because you can't patent magic, but that's kind of exactly what he did. Um, so at some point during this time frame, um, the CIA heard about it and became interested. Uh, I think I may have already said this. I don't know. I've tried to record this episode so many times that now I don't know what I've said and not said. But the CIA became interested in it because they wanted to see if they could use these out-of-body experiences as a method for spying. Um, they also wanted to see if any other countries could use it to spy against us. And, I mean, I'm sure they had a lot of other other points that they wanted to see about too, but one of the points they wanted to see about that I know of is uh, they wanted to see if it kind of like um, disproved Christianity's creation theory and if that would have a negative impact on the public to know it. Uh, so that's interesting to me. Um, and they do say in the document that they don't feel that it disproves it. They feel that it just, you can apply the knowledge to whatever creation ideas you, you have. So, um, so that's, that's, uh, what's going on with the guy who created it. The CIA document itself, like I, I said, I think, um, it talks a lot about things like what consciousness is. It talks about, it explains how frequencies and the brain have this uh, relationship. And in the next couple of episodes, I want to really go into detail about that. But today, I just kind of want to skate across the very top of it. Um, so, uh, where to start? Okay, so the document was, um, officially the document was finished or turned in or whatever on June 9th, 1983. Um, he spends, this guy who wrote it, uh, a Lieutenant Colonel Wayne McDonald, uh, he spends about a page and a half just explaining that in order to understand how the process worked and why it works, uh, he had to understand more about quantum mechanics and theoretical um, physics, things like that. Um, so he goes into detail about what each of these things is. I really want you to look at this document. I mean, even if you don't do anything else with it, you should try to read the document. Um, so, so yeah, it, to me, it's, it's, it's amazing that the CIA is not just saying it may work. They're actually saying in this document, it does work. So that's something to keep in mind. Um, to me, that's significant. Um, so one of the things that he, oh, the first couple of things that he explains is um, hypnosis and transcendental meditation, because if you can understand what's happening there, it will help you to understand the rest of it later. So hypnosis, uh, you know that, um, well, one, you do know that hypnosis is real, right? Like it's actually, yes, it is real. It's not just, you know, a magic trick. The way hypnosis works essentially is it the left side of the brain is your logic side. 
it sees things around you. It, it creates fact, like it, it's about fact. The right side of your brain is about, um, emotions and like, uh, imagery and, um, it's not about words. It's about seeing things and feeling things. So when you are, you know, interacting with the world in whatever way, while you're awake, the left side of your brain is taking this information in. It's passing it to the right side of the brain. The right side of the brain is coded to just accept anything the left side sends, sends it as fact. Like that's how it works. It believes anything the left side of the brain tells it. Um, so for hypnosis, what you're doing is putting the left side of the brain into sort of, um, not necessarily like you're not necessarily putting it to sleep. You're not necessarily putting it into a trance, but you're kind of putting it into this sort of soporific state. It's so zoned out because you keep giving it like these, um, repetitive things. So it begins to zone out. And when it does that, then you're able to access the right side of the brain without the interference of the left side. Okay. Um, So that actually comes into play, like part of what the gateway process does is, is, is kind of a hypnosis. Um, So uh, they also talk about transcendental meditation as witches, we talk about meditation a lot. Um, most of the time when we're talking about it, we're kind of talking about like meditation light. Like you're doing this thing where you're focused on your breathing or you're focused on energy. Um, but it's not necessarily the same thing as transcendental meditation. Transcendental meditation is this thing where you, um, you, you are focused on drawing energy up through your spine and into your brain. And when you reach the point where you're able to do that, then these um, sort of like things happen in your brain and it activates the pleasure centers in your body and all this stuff. Most people are not able to get to a transcendental state. Um, It takes like years of expert meditation focus. Um, But the people who are able to get to that state are actually able to um, achieve this hemisync state, which we're going to talk about in a minute, they're able to achieve this hemisync state. So we know because of that, that what we're doing with the gateway process is, is like related. Um, I don't want to go into that too much yet. So um, another thing to really have an understanding of is energy. And I don't mean electricity, I mean energy like with physics. So we see things that are still and and we think that they they're at like zero level energy, but it's not really true because we know that on a on an atomic level in every atom is this, you know, nucleus with a certain number of electrons rotating around it in a particular pattern. That's what makes it be the kind of atom that it is. That is always in motion. So it has energy. Uh, because what energy is, is a state of motion. Um, 
waves, not ocean waves, but like brain waves, sound waves, um, things like that. Energy waves are energy in motion. It's the process of um, an energy being passed from one thing to the next thing. Okay. Now, frequency is the distance between the beginning and, an, and the end of a wave and how high it goes. Um, so if you think about a sound wave, which is also energy, um, a sound wave, if it's a very low like bass sound, the waves will be like flatter and the beginning and end of each wave will be further apart. If you think about a very high pitched sound, those waves will be shorter. So the beginning and end of it will be shorter and it's going to be very tall. Um, so the frequency is that distance between the beginning and the end of a wave. Um, and that comes into play later. Um, brain waves and frequency tie into each other. Um, your brain, all parts of us are only energy. Like it's literally every atom of our body is just energy um, put together in a very specific way, right? So when your brain is, um, whether it's like thinking or whatever, you know, it's firing off those synapses. It's passing information from one like synoptic nerve or whatever it is to the next. It's passing energy. So that's brain waves. Um, if you ever have seen on TV where they're talking about brain waves, you know, somebody's in, um, in REM sleep or they're in a coma or they're, you know, they're brain dead. There's no brain waves. They, they can look at these brain waves and understand what is going on inside your brain. You know, are you dreaming? Are you, um, are you happy? Are you all these things? They know a lot about physically about the brain. So, um, the left side of the brain has one brain wave, one frequency, and the right side of the brain has another brain wave. Um, they don't match up generally, you know, the point of the gateway process or transcendental meditation is to make those two brain waves line up together. That's called hemisync. So like the hemispheres of the brain are synchronized. When that happens, we begin to access these other altered states of consciousness. Um, <clears throat> it gets really, really, really interesting after this part, but it's not for this episode. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to stop there about, uh, oh, there is one other thing I want to say about it. When, if you were to play one frequency sound in one ear and another frequency sound in the other ear, your brain will do this thing where it hears the difference between the two frequencies. So in the tapes, I got, I got the first two waves of the tapes and in the first exercise of the first wave, um, he, he plays a sound in, in your right ear and he's like, okay, listen to this sound and notice that it's very, you know, it's one sound it's very flat. Now listen to this other sound. He stops the one in the right ear and then he plays the one in the left ear and he's like, listen to this one. It's different, 
but you you can hear it's also very flat it's just the same tone all the way across then he plays them both at the same time and you hear the sound is like wavering it's like warbling um the reason for that is because your brain will hear the difference between the two frequencies so if one frequency is is five and another the other frequency is 10 your brain will hear it as 7.5 and then not only does it hear it as 7.5 it syncs up to it so both sides of your brain instead of having their own brain waves their own frequencies will match that frequency that you're hearing and now you've achieved hemi-sync um, that's called the frequency following response by the way <clears throat> so once you have um, achieved this hemi-sync then you start to learn how to use it to do different things I'm only in the very beginning of it I've only listened to it I think three or four times um, the first time I was straight up hypnotized there is a period of time that I don't have any memory like I remember looking back I can remember that I was seeing these different things I mean they weren't like visions or anything like that it was I was just seeing the right side of my brain was was sending out like random images <clears throat> um it was almost like dreaming but more like lucid dreaming um i've only lucid dreamed a couple of times so like i don't have a lot of experience with that but it was it was more like you you know that it's a dream um so and i didn't think at that point to write any of them down like i don't remember now what i saw and then but it was like it was just an instant and then he's like okay come back um breathe normally and i'm like whoa what just happened so it's pretty cool now the second time i listened to it uh i fell asleep in it and then i woke up when he's like okay come back and there was probably still stuff going on in my brain and i just um don't remember it because i actually went into sleep um a lot of what they talk about is uh, body asleep, mind awake. So I do know that I did not feel my body at all in the first two times. I could not feel my body. I mean, like if I thought about it, I would have been able to. They even have like this emergency exit for you where, you know, you think about the fingers on your right hand and then you, you know, kind of feel the finger one finger on your right hand and then you wiggle one finger on your right right hand and by doing that you're able to get yourself out of this so you're never like stuck in this hypnotic state um i don't think that could actually happen by the way so anyway the second time i fell asleep third time i was determined i was not going to fall asleep <laughs> i was very very determined not to fall asleep i'm clapping my hands i don't know if you can hear it uh, and because I was so determined not to fall asleep, I actually did not reach hemi-sync because I was not allowing the left side of my brain to disengage. So that was a lesson learned. And then the fourth time, um, I was trying to be careful not to do that, but, uh, or was there a time after that? Maybe there wasn't, I don't even rem remember now, but 
uh, I think immediately after that one, I went to the next exercise, the next tape. And I think it was just too much for me, you know, like about halfway through. So the tapes are like 35 minutes, somewhere between 30 and 40 minutes, I think. Um, each, each one of them, I mean. Um, and about halfway through, I started to get like restless legs and um, just like uh, my shoulder was hurting. I tore my ro rotator cuff a few weeks ago and it's still like giving me some problems and like my shoulder started hurting and I got restless legs and then eventually I was about halfway through and I was just like I I'm not feeling it I'm just gonna I'm just gonna stop now um but I did really feel it that first time really really so I want to get there again uh, I think maybe having expectations about what it's supposed to feel like or what I'm supposed to do maybe kind of got in the way of it the last couple of times um because at the end he's like enjoy in like enjoy the feeling of resonance and um you know play with it and I'm like I don't know what he's talking about I still don't quite know what he's talking about there um so uh I'm still working on that and that tells me that I've not mastered that tape yet um, and until I have mastered that tape, I don't want to go to the next tape. It's really important that you listen to them in order um, and that you master each one before you move on to the next because every tape is built off of things you learned in the ones before. So if you haven't mastered being able to, you know, go into Hemisync, then you can't use that in the next one to talk about you know, to learn about the other stuff. I think he talks about um, energy bars and stuff like that in the next one. So if you are interested in doing it, you can um, find the first tape from the first wave um, online. Like it's, it's out there pretty openly. I don't know that, I mean, that's how I did it, but I don't necessarily know that I would recommend that you do it that way because you don't really know for sure it, that you're getting the right thing. Um, and I don't know, like you are in kind of a vulnerable mental state at that point. And he's really careful to tell you that, you know, you, these whatever things to keep you safe. But and you are kind of in a vulnerable mental state. So you should probably be able to trust um, the situation, you know. But uh, you can also go to the Monroe Institute website and, and buy the individual waves. You can buy it all as, as one, um, but you don't have to. You can get the individual waves. They're not cheap. They're really not. Um, to me, I feel like it's almost like an investment in my future because if I'm able to access this, this thought hologram process later on, then um, obviously I am going to be making a buttload of money in my future life. And uh, then it's just an investment in my future, right? Um, I mean, I'm not saying I want to be a millionaire, but it would be pretty cool to be able to retire one day. Um, so anyway, that has been my experience so far. Um, I hope that I have been a little bit easier to listen to this time around. And, um, what I would really like if you have any kind of experience with the gateway process or 
if you have any kind of experience with out-of-body episodes in general. Um, so, oh yeah, you know, I should have been saying this whole time. We call it astral travel most often. Um, but, you know, it's the same thing. Astral travel and out-of-body experience are, as far as I know, the same thing. So, um, so yeah, uh, if you have had any kind of experience with that, I would really like to hear what you have to say about it. Uh, I know that, you know, um, a lot of cultures do th this, basically the same kind of thing, except the way they're accessing, um, the way they're accessing that state of consciousness is with like extended, you know, fasting or maybe with, um, you know, whatever certain chemicals or whatever. So it's, it's sort of like a hack for your brain so that you can access this stuff without having to go on like a whole vision quest or something. Um, but yeah, uh, let me know what you think. Let me know, uh, your experiences or if you have seen the document before, if you look at the document after you, after you listen to this, let me know. I just, I really want to get y'all's opinion on it. Um, but for now I'm going to sign off. Uh, I will keep trying to listen to my first exercise and see how far I can go with it. And um, I'm going to keep you guys updated. Uh, the next episode, we'll talk more about the stuff that's going on in the document. Because I think, to me, as witches, that stuff that they're talking about is actually really important stuff, even though they're talking about it from a very scientific stand. Okay, but until then, uh, I'll talk to y'all later. Bye.